Hello and welcome to Professional Disaster. My name is Matt Norman. And my name is William Hebner. Mm. And this is the podcast where we ask each other questions. We usually start simple with an icebreaker question, get into something a little deeper with our disaster at hand, and finish it off with a topic that's a little more spirit-filled with a matter of faith. We don't always get there in the end, but hey, we're happy to have you along for the ride. You're just saying that because we didn't last episode. <laughs> usually. Usually, we usually yeah, we usually get there. But sometimes we don't. Sometimes we don't. That's okay. That's okay. Because the journey is fun. Hey, Will, if people want to join us on this journey, how can they do that? Well, the address to where we record is... Just kidding. You can just email us. <laughs> at ProfDisaster2023 at gmail.com. That's ProfDisaster2023 at gmail.com. You can also respond to us on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Which is awesome. Mm-hmm. We will see it eventually. Yeah. We promise. But let's say, I don't know, man, you have a burning question mm. that you just need the guidance of some professional uh, disasters yes. to, to give you. Yes. If you have some feedback, if you want to respond to some of the questions that we've asked each other, man, if you just want to say hi, you can email us. <laughs> We get we get twenty emails of just hi yeah and, and you know what that would be delightful and I love it emails it's like the new snail mail when it says hi man it's like when it's not a bill it's fantastic it's true it's true or an email that says your package has arrived that's a great email I do like that email you get the picture now sometimes and it's kind of like oh yep there it is. In a pretty precarious position on my porch. Yeah. <laughs> don't really care for that. The rain's going to get that. I don't like that. And I get all nervous. So, But it is great. It is. Well. Well, my friend. I think we, uh, we're we just going to d- dive in, I guess, huh? Yes. Let's go for it. Let's go for it. So, here's my question to you. This is so random. Are you ready for this? I don't think I am, but I I'm ready. I don't think you're ready for this. Do you think... Okay, let me let me let me let me frame. Yeah. yeah. It's like this commercials. We're gonna ask the first part of the question, then we're gonna go to commercial just to put you on your the edge of your seat. Now you have no idea what I'm gonna ask. I'm I'm ready. <laughs> so I I think that me and Matt are pretty good friends. Now, he might be saying differently to uh people behind my back, and that's okay. It really all hinges on this question at this point. It might. This question question might ruin our friendship. No, Matt, had we met in high school? Okay, yeah. Do you think that we would be as good of friends then (laughs) as we are now? Oh, man, what a good question. Okay, so obviously acknowledging the hypothetical nature of it all because that's something <laughs> yeah. that's like, I'm I'm sure I'm making a million different assumptions. I don't know, I don't know. Me neither, man. I don't, I don't, I kind of don't think so, honestly. No. Um, and it, and honestly, I think it's probably just because, um, I, I I my personality was in a very different place in high school than it is right now. You know, I was yeah. I was not very comfortable with myself at all, and I think. 
Um, well, you know, you know my son Sam, you know, and and he has that kind of thing where it's like when he's in a situation that makes him feel just a little bit less comfortable, he kind of recedes, and, yeah. and he gets that from me, one hundred percent. So I would have had a lot of trouble just with you know just just putting myself out there in a way. I didn't have a lot of friends in high school either. There's that. Part. Yeah. I don't know. What do you, what's your take on it? You said you said probably not. No, I I I don't know that we would have disliked each other. Yeah. But I don't know that we would have been I I you know truthfully I struggled to have a whole lot of friends in high school period because I thought everybody was a bunch of idiots. Yeah. Um I guess so did I. And that I think that at some level that made me an arrogant prick. Uh but me too, kind of. <laughs> I would say maybe that means we would have gotten along I know, really maybe. well, but I don't know. I don't know if two kind of sarcastic jerks really usually yeah. get along with each other. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't, luckily, the Lord has uh, helped change us. Yeah, man. I hope. I hope so, too. <laughs> <laughs> with a moment of sincerity, can I just say, I really hope so. I really, man, if you think we're arrogant pricks still, email us at Rob Disaster. <laughs> We're not gonna no, don't do that. That's not nice. It's like not so fast is the subject line. Yeah. That, <laughs> no, I I really I guess you know it's funny because I we probably played similar N sixty four video games. That's true. That's, that's true. about that's about as nerdy as I got back then. I really didn't get into comic books and or just other stuff until college and some some of that was because we didn't have cable yeah yeah yeah, and so i wasn't really exposed to a whole lot that wasn't on pbs (laughs) i mean did me and my me and my brothers used to watch a lot of antiques roadshow okay and not because we loved it yeah yeah but it was no one of the few things and what we like to do is we like to try to guess the value of things you know what i'm saying that's really cool yeah. And we were rarely right. But I think for me, I certainly was struggling with that idea of, as as most people are in high school, of, you know, trying to figure out who I would, you know, who I am or who I would become or anything like yeah. that. And in that way, I, I know that at a certain point I developed, I mean, because... This, this is good. there's really no way for me to say this without coming across like the biggest jerk in the world but i felt like i was pretty smart right yeah i felt like i was i was pretty smart and that i could uh figure things out and i had uh i don't know i don't know i just felt like i i I had a lot of potential, I guess, and that actually made me more nervous than anything else. And and there was just something about that that made me, I don't know, an awkward hang, I think. Yeah. Uh, most of my friends back then were family members, and you know, there's a certain amount of forgiveness that you allow towards your family members that, I don't know. It, and of course, I didn't go to school, you know. I was homeschooled yeah. during that, that period so I, of time, so, so maybe guess, that... Yeah. Unless we had met at church. <laughs> physically, yeah, you know, in terms of proximity, that would yeah. have been a, a strain. But it also means that it took me a little bit longer to kind of calibrate myself. Um, excuse me. 
Sorry, I don't usually do that into the mic. Sorry, guys. Um, but uh, socially, you know, yeah. like I don't think I don't think I, I think a lot of the concerns that people have about homeschoolers being socially awkward is really overblown. Um, I don't think it's really as serious as a lot of people think. But there was something to the fact that I had to get used to just being around a ton of people yeah. that, yeah. Uh, you know, you didn't really know them and, and that you can't immediately trust or, you know, you got to, you know, you got to be smart and that and kind of stuff. I think context is everything there because there's a lot of homeschool kids that do spend a ton of time around other kids yeah. in yeah. large numbers, just not in the, you know, in the school setting. Yeah. I think a lot of times that the, what you know, whatever you want to say about homeschool kids, I mean, it can be true for some simply because they like never get out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like they only know their home, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, they don't go to, they don't, they go to a really small church yeah. and there might yeah. be a couple other kids, you know, and it, to me, it's just, it's just exposure. It's not like uh it's not like you're, you're weird or anything. Like you said, it just, I think it just takes time to, and, and I saw that there were, there was three or four kids throughout my time as a youth pastor who started out in my ministry fairly awkward. Yeah. But the more they went to camps and conventions and stuff like that, they just kind of came out of their shells. And, and there's one of them that, like I would have never guessed where he would end up today, uh, and he's just he's. I, it just it just blows me away. Yeah, like that's how, great. How much how much he's grown? Yeah, and, man, I love that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I I just thought it, I don't I don't know why I thought about that, but I think I was driving in the car the other day. I was like, oh, I should write this down and ask Matt this question. So it's a cool thinks. question because I think you mentioned it um, a couple minutes ago. Like that's just. Something awesome about what what God does is that you know, um, it's it's very possible that you you know we're right and that it just wouldn't have you know we wouldn't have connected or clicked or whatever. I mean, heck, one of the, one of the main ways that we connected at first is obviously because of my position on the board and, and your yeah. position as the pastor, and then you know you you mentioned in your your bio at your old church about you know liking Batman, and I was like, oh, I have. I have I have an ace in the hole. I know something I can talk about that we can yeah. <laughs> uh, we can we can connect on uh, here. Well, and- not, and I think that there's a lot of one of the questions that I ask people when I meet new people, I say, "What makes you nerdy?" Yeah, because that's I, a cool question. I yeah. I think that it opens people up because there. I think everybody has a niche. Yeah, of something that maybe like I know that sometimes we pigeonhole nerdiness into. Like Dungeons and Dragons, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know that kind of like <laughs> comic um, books, but that typical uh, geek stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah. But yeah. I, I mean, I think that everybody's got some random yeah. weird thing. I mean, even like my, uh, my ex boss, his wife like collects nativity scenes. Yeah, that's cool. And that's cool. like, and everybody's got their like their thing that they do. Absolutely. It, I mean, you know, uh, a follow a close following of sports is, you know, nerdiness oh, yeah. of its own kind, right? I mean, there's stats and all oh, this stuff yeah, that you're when, figuring out. If you out. can sit down and tell me like your fantasy team and how many receptions they had last week, like, bro, you might be a nerd. <laughs> if, if I mean, if you can watch a game and you can kind of like break down a little bit about like, well, this guy's moving this way and that means that it's opening up this kind of uh, play. Uh, yeah. like that That is a level of, you know, intensity. Passion. That, and, that's yeah. very similar to, you know, me breaking down a movie and saying like, well, this is a reference to issue yeah. number 55 of, you know, it's, it's so really this, not that different. This seems like a perfect opportunity to invite some emails, right? Like what is what is your nerdy? I love that question. Yeah, we would love to hear, like in your own opinion, what what makes you nerdy? 
You got to you, know. you got to email us, guys. We need to know that. Yeah, that, that's really cool. That's a cool question. Uh, my answer to that question is that I own 250 Batmobiles. That was uh, yeah. <laughs> I think it was. I think that was the line on the uh, on the on the page. Yeah. It was like I think at the time you said two hundred. Like because yeah, this, it's, it's, it's grown, gone. Up. It's grown since then. I actually have, I don't know now, but yeah. I just think when you hear something like that and like there's something that you might be timid of, it's like okay, now I'm not timid to share what what yeah, I'm nerdy yeah. because this dude's way nerdy. <laughs> it's um you know I, when I have students come into my office um at the at the university at which I work, uh there is a uh, that he will not name that I will not name this episode uh <laughs> this this episode <laughs> there's a uh there's like a moment there's a lot of awkwardness that kind of comes from having to come into you know a, a a chairperson's office for like this you know that there's you know you kind of get this impression of like you know really dusty books or something like that you know you're all your worst stereotypes of a of a literature you know person or something like that and i think it's really mm, we'll say disarming for somebody to come in and and the exact same thing here with like a pastor right you know there's you come in and you see that oh this is a real person too and they have their kind of their their fun things that they really really enjoy and i can't tell you how much i've seen literally seen somebody you know like catch the shelf that has a lot of my spider-mans on it or something like that and they just kind of just yeah. relax like immediately relax you know and i and i i have them kind of like paired up in kind of like fun ways that you know revel in the fact that you know really the difference between loving comic books or spider-man or whatever it's not really that different from you know being a scholar of like literature or something like that yeah and so it's like way to kind of bridge the gap like like what we were just saying everybody's nerdy about something and that's okay embrace yeah. that you know it's embrace a fun it. thing and email us and email us about it you must email us please prof disaster 2023 at gmail.com that's prof disaster 2023 at gmail.com nice all right man what's your question okay so my question for you it's a little bit of a follow-up from last week okay so we we oh, talked man. about <laughs> what did you think i was gonna say no i i thought you were gonna say it's a little bit of a follow-up from like the question that i just asked i'm like how did you how did you know <laughs> do you think we would have been friends if we had met as eight-year-olds <laughs> no nope i would have punched you in the face like i don't i don't so I can't really remember myself as an eight-year-old though anyway okay so last week we talked a lot about finances and we talked a lot of course about being frugal-minded good stewards and stuff like that and I I thought it was kind of fun to maybe kind of like poke at it from the other side this time and and ask like what are some things where you don't mind spending a little bit more money (laughs) okay good at the answer right away yeah there's no dude i was so disappointed in my family the other day what happened malin asked the question like if you could only have like one dessert for Mm. the rest of your life what would you pick okay and my family had no idea i'm like they hadn't oh i was like do you not know me do you not live in this house i mean how many how many years have we been married and then once i said it they're like oh yeah duh (laughs) but it was just it's just kind of funny. I'm just kidding. I love my family. <laughs> uh, so that's kind of the the silly joke. I, yeah. For me. You can, you can kind of think of it like in two different ways as I was thinking about it. It's like either the stuff where you're like, oh, man, I got to buy this because, you know, the quality is worth it. Yeah. Or it can just be it can't just be an indulgence where you're kind of like, man, I just want a high quality. That's whatever. definitely for me. You can come into my office and you can laugh at how much like I, I mean, you'll get I can I can call them collectibles all I want to, but they're toys. Uh, 
But the nice thing is, that's true. I don't, I don't take them. Most of them, I don't take out of the package. And uh-huh. part of that is, if there's ever a chance that that I want to resell, I I do not mind spending money on things that keep their value. So tools, uh, I don't. I mean, I don't really currently have any guns, but I wouldn't mind spending money on a gun simply because. Uh, and part of the reason I don't have one is a tornado of a hole we get into this one but i just i don't have a way to keep it safe for my children so i don't really want to have one right now yeah 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 um but they but they keep their value you Mm -hmm. know so to spend a thousand dollars on something that i can resell for eight nine hundred possibly even more than what i bought it for that i don't hesitate on that stuff as much Uh, board games that i know will keep their value over time legos keep their value over time yeah that's a great example Uh, you know there's just some of those things that maybe are like okay here's here's some nerdy stuff but i really struggle buying anything that's like one use even like call me the worst romantic on planet earth i hate buying flowers it's such a waste of money like it's one thing to buy something that you don't know is going to go to crap yeah but you're buying something that you know in three to ten I know, days I know. is going to wilt and you're going to have to throw it away. And we're not, it's not like we're talking, and, and I know it's like what you communicate and they're beautiful and they're beautiful to have. What, right, you know, what, right, right, right. Yeah, but at the end of the day, I get nothing out of it. Yeah. I'm like, the do, same way. Do you really remember worth. the last time I bought you flowers? And I you're don't, like, that's I a don't special. Like, that. I would, I just would rather buy, I would rather spend my money on something that's going to last and or I can resell it, you know? Because it could be that, I mean, this isn't going to happen, but let's say in, in five years, I decide I don't like Batman anymore. I could make a ton of money on eBay mm-hmm. <laughs> selling right, right, stuff. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, turn that stuff around. So uh, that that's kind of. Just about anything else, I'm pretty hesitant about. Uh-huh. About, and it also depends on like what I can do with it. You know, like you think about a tool. You know, if if I want to build something, and there's a tool that I don't have, it's like, okay, can I borrow this from somebody, or is this something that I'm going to continue to make like a lot of things? Yeah. Then it's like, mm, well, okay, would well, this make sense? Because I'm going to use this a bunch, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, like a, you know, even like a, a, a drill, you know, yeah, having a nice drill. I mean, you, there's so many different odds and projects, you know. Even we just bought a, uh, here, perfect example. I literally just bought something for a hundred dollars a couple of days ago. Actually, yesterday, uh, we our dog gets into the trash. Oh, okay. Uh, if we don't put it up. Yeah. And we, we've never really had anything. Well, I just spent $100 on a cabinet that basically you pull open and the trash can's inside of it and you can dump it in and That's know, great. close it shut. Yeah. And my my entire thinking process was, like, I get that this is $100. And t- to me, spending over 20 is a lot. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, Because I'm, I'm cheap. But- Thinking about the ease of knowing that my dog is no longer going to get in the trash. I'm not going to have to pick up chicken from the carpet. I'm not going to have to, you know what I'm saying? Like oh, yeah. There's like, yeah. okay, this is totally worth it in the long run. I'm so glad that you went in that direction because that, that kind of brought to mind a couple of things that I've recently indulged in. But they're just things that I know are going to make my life 
better. Um, I, I, I splurged a little bit on buying some things that are going to be useful for, for kind of like organizing things in our kitchen a little bit. Like we, we have this thing where, where we have like a couple of cabinets where they're just, they're, the stuff that we have just is not fitting in there the right way. Yeah. So I went ahead and bought a couple of things that are going to help us kind of like segment them out, organize them a little bit better. And it's like, yeah, I don't really need it, but it is something that is going to improve my yeah. my sanity a lot. Yeah, you know, we're yeah. trying to find the spices and we can't figure out, okay, do we actually have any cumin? We did not. Dear listener, we did not have any cumin. We thought we did, but and it's like I didn't even is, know people use cumin. This so is silly, and that's how we make that white chicken chili, man. Oh man, it's like gotta have it for that. And, and that was a that was a, a near disaster not having any cumin for that. Well, I think um, probably it's the cumin gods that have um, taken taken everything away from you because you have. Your wife has not invited me over for white chicken chili. It's coming. It's coming. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> she had to make it for an event last night, and uh, and it was good. It was good practice getting her back yeah. into shape for it. But, um, <laughs> but, but so that I think that's a really cool thing. The other thing I think about is that you know I have learned the lesson too many times where when you cheap out on certain stuff, oh, you end up paying more kid, in the dude. long run. Heck yeah. Um, you know, whether it's, uh, furniture or whether it's, you know, like, um, technology of some kind, whether it's clothes sometimes, sometimes not, sometimes all clothes are, will, will do the job. Okay. But it's like, you know, socks. shoes or something. Socks. <laughs> Definitely socks. Yes. Uh, but it's like, I have learned that if I don't, you know, if I'm not, not kind of thoughtful about like buying maybe a slightly higher quality shoe, then it's something that I'll wear for, for many, many years as opposed to one that I'll wear no like bust in within, you know, six months or something like that. That is just something where you sometimes have to pay a little bit more just to just to make it last a lot more. And that yeah. makes it more a, a better decision overall. Um, you know, it's I don't it's, know why I'm thinking about this, but been thinking a lot about christmas and just the, the pressure of what you get especially the only the only person i ever feel like super pressured about is my wife uh-huh you know and i i gave her some money to to buy whatever she wants and then you know you to fill the stocking and i just i have a hard time like I'm, not, I'm just not one of those guys that can go out and buy something that's like not going to be useful yeah yeah and so i was like thinking about like like i don't i don't care what anybody gets me but I want to I want to get you stuff that you really really want that you wouldn't normally spend on yourself. You know mm -hmm, what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I was just kind of curious, like what when you when you do gift giving for for your wife, what 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 lane do you usually end up in? Yeah, we've we've definitely um definitely shifted towards that a little bit more. Like I um have shifted towards like especially just thinking about what you said, like with the stocking, you know. Um, it used to be something where we would like fill it with candy or something like that, and now we're yep. like, that is that's a terrible idea for I us. Need, we I don't do need not need that whatsoever. Life. But it's like you know, if if and and we I don't fill the stocking with this, but it's like she has like she has like a type of uh, mints that she always likes to have, and so like I just buy her a lot so that she doesn't have to worry about buying any mints for like the next you know like five months or something yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. and that's like that's kind of cool as a as a gift um, because I mean Bro, yeah she's got she's got to be hiding those from Jeff. <laughs> That is one thousand percent true. Because <laughs> <laughs> <it's like, laughs> Jeff is a mint monster. Jeff is uh, a mint fiend. Yes, it is true. Um, and you know things like um, maybe like uh, some some like lotions or things like that that she never really cares to indulge in. But you know when she has them, she enjoys having them and, yeah. and stuff like that. That's um, if I get if I find little things that I think, like you said, that she could 
find useful, um, especially now that she's back in the classroom. There are all kinds of like little little knickknacks and things like that that she um, can use that uh, to uh, hang stuff or, or just do random things with. And that's cool. But I'm the same as as you or it's like i don't want to just get her something because it's you know pretty or anything like that it's really got to be something where and she's very practically minded this way too so you know we're in good stead this way where it's like she gets it i think she would like it if i bought her flowers more often um (laughs) you can correct me if i'm wrong tara (laughs) i don't think i am hey you you need to just play that uh miley cyrus song for you heard that one? I don't think so. No. It's the, the, the main line is, I can buy myself flowers. Oh, yeah. Okay. I have heard that one. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you can. Yeah, man. Oh, boy. Because I'm not doing it. <laughs> I, I, I do occasionally. But I do it, too. What, you know what's funny, though, is that when I buy her flowers, I buy her, like, flowers that can be planted. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And or, I mean, they die anyways, but I at least have hopes that... <laughs> You're going to survive longer than, you know, a couple of days. I just, I cannot buy, it is hard for me to buy flowers yeah. that are already cut. Cut, that, cut Like flowers, there's yeah. no, there's no, there's no hope. These things are not, these are terminal flowers. Yeah. These right, are right, cancer right. flowers. These you are, know they're going to die in the next. They're already dead. They just yeah, don't all, even Yeah, know they it. just don't know it, man. I just, I, that, I just can't, I just can't do it. Sorry. Now. If you have a different perspective on cut flowers, feel free to email us at profdisaster2023 at gmail.com. That's profdisaster2023 at gmail.com. <laughs> it sure, sure is. I'm not sure where that... <laughs> it sure is, pal. <laughs> well, I think it's time for us to get into the disaster at hand. I think so. Matt, what you got so. for us today? All right. So I've been thinking about this a lot. You know, both of our jobs require... Uh, working in teams and of course so much of life does right you know it it is inevitable whether you are you know in it even in a family dynamic you're working together as a team as well as you know most jobs are going to require some sort of teamwork or something like that and so I think it's kind of a cool thing to think about and then also think about some of the things that go into it like relationships like empathy like you know sociability We've, we've talked about that a little bit already and so my questions that I've got for you today are about teamwork and so I want to kind of start right here and we'll see where it goes. I hear it makes the dream work. Teamwork makes the dream work. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. I say that a lot in our house. That's good. <laughs> Not sure I believe it, but <laughs> I was trying to think of like an amazing uh, uh, seg out of that, but I got nothing. That's, That's okay. That's all right. But let's let's talk about that teamwork that makes the dream work, I guess, in the sense yeah. that when you and and obviously this is always context specific right you know the, and, I, and I don't even want to kind of get into it more like in terms of like you know whether you're a leader or um, you know uh, a subordinate or anything like that because I think teams are a little bit more dynamic than that everybody especially if it's something where people are having a conversation and trying to figure things out people kind of assume different levels of command at, at like certain point even if somebody ultimately makes the final call or anything like that but my question for you is kind of more just in general. When you're on a team, what kind of what kind of role do you seem to play? Like, what what do you find your strengths in working in a team to be? Mm, that's a good question. I would say that my I my preferred role would be like sub leader. Okay, and and what I mean by that is kind of like. Oh, this is hard to explain. Yeah. Like, 
I would say that another way to describe it would be that I am a uh, reluctant, reluctant leader. Okay. Okay. Uh, so basically, and my dad has said this about me my entire life, and I don't like. I didn't really understand it till later in life, but my dad used to always say in high school that if my teacher lacked leadership, that I would fill that role. Okay. Yeah, you would. You would. And I would create problems. Okay. <laughs> for some teachers. Sure. 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 I some teachers that. I would help because I had respect for them. Yeah. And they would let me lead if they if they weren't. So if there's a leadership void, I will fill it. But I would rather not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'd rather not be the guy making decisions. I'd rather just be carrying out my task. I'm one of those guys that, uh, like, I would rather, like, tunnel vision on something. Okay, yeah. Like, here, and, and for large in part, and I think that this has probably been the biggest learning curve of me doing my job, is that I can't allow myself to fully get tunnel vision on the sermon. Right. Because there's other things that matter, but it's easy to do. Yeah. Um. I would say on the surface, that's the most important part of my job. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, in reality, it's not right. at all. But It's like kind of the most public yeah. thing about your job, I guess. It's it's what more people experience that yeah. on a weekly basis than anything else. But, I, I mean, I would argue it's, it's not the most important. But I would say the pressure to perform stays there. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But that that's me, you know, like... I, I don't I don't want to have to think about what everybody else is doing. Yeah. You let's let's have a somebody who is I don't know what the right term overwatch. Yeah. And they're almost like Liam Neeson in uh oh the A team. Okay. Yeah. Like yeah, he, yeah. he lays out the master plan and I'd rather be one of the people, okay, I, I see the vision for your plan. Uh, let me carry that out. And and probably truthful of all leadership. That really needs to be the model because that Liam Neeson character needs to be God. You know, he's the one yep. that's okay. that cast the vision and plan and all that. And I want to be a part of that. And I also I enjoy helping other people accomplish their parts. I just I would say the role that I'm reluctant to fill that I, I obviously I do it because I have to. And I don't know that anybody likes it. Maybe there's crazy managers out there that like to do this, but it's I don't I don't like to. And maybe you'll you can speak into this too. I don't like to be that person that's like standing over there, like okay, this is your part of the job. Yeah, I, I'm going to stand here and make sure you do it and do it right. Like yeah. that's that's just not. I like okay here here's your sob your your assigned job. This is yours to complete. Yeah, and I yeah, don't yeah. mind helping you, but I'm not going to do it for you. Yeah, I you get know? that. And then sometimes you get, you don't always get to choose your team mm-hmm. and you get somebody either young or incompetent yeah, or both. Right. <laughs> and, you know, it's easier, it's easier to work with inexperience than it is incompetence. True. 100%. Uh, but I, th- I think that's just, it's just hard, man. Yeah. Team, teamwork is difficult because, especially for somebody like me, because I have a way that I think it should get done. Yeah. And and when I did my oh counseling stuff, you know, one of the things that they I, I figured out through a, a an assessment called DISC is that I'm dominant, but I'm ID, and I don't remember what the I stands for, but basically the I would rather work with people. Yeah. 
And it might be intuitive. I don't know. I uh, maybe I just made that up. Is it influence? No. Maybe it is. Uh, I, I don't know. remember. Matt's going to look, I'm gonna it, look up it up for us. Yeah. Quick. Influential. But, yeah, influential. influential. So yeah. I, I want to work with people. So I'm ID. But then if I get stressed, my I goes away and my D goes higher. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because the, the guy... The guy that I did counseling with, he was like, dude, you're the type of person that I want to have on my team. Yeah. Because I know that when you get stressed out, you're at least going to get it done. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's like, you may run people over, but at least I can trust that you're going to get it done and you're going <laughs> to do it well. Yeah, right. right. Um, but that's not the that's not my best like that's not my best leadership. Right. It's, Once it, that's that's under agitation yeah. or stress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's you. better if if I can work with people. I I just think that the hardest I would say this, the hardest part about teamwork is communication. Yeah. And I don't know that that should be a surprise because it's arguably the hardest part about marriage. <laughs> but it's true. I think that you have an idea and and maybe it's because the, there there's this thing what my pastor called um uh, I'm trying to think of the, it's what you know, but not everybody else knows. He he had a he had a word for it, but he he used to make me think about that all the time because we operate out of that. Like we have this known structure of things that we know. Like he he used to talk about it about preaching all the time. He's like, you get up there and you you start talking about David, like people know who the heck David is. Okay, but you okay. got to understand that there's a bunch of people in there that may have no idea who David is. Mm. And even if you throw the king in front of it, they don't know who King David is. <laughs> they have no idea who David is. So you you um you, you just can't it'll come to me maybe when you're talking, but No, that's all good. Um I, I think that's hard because you you have an idea and it's hard to it's hard to take your vision yeah and help people see it. And I don't have a problem with somebody saying, Ooh, I like this vision and I and I think this is where my eye comes in. I want I want to give you a vision, and then I want you to you to put your funk on it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like yeah, your yeah, spin, yeah. your your touch, your your giftedness on it. Uh huh. But it's when you take the vision and you throw it in the trash can, and you're like, you either just don't do it, or you're incapable, or it, that's where it's like, did I not? How did this not? How yeah, was this yeah, yeah. so misinterpreted? Yeah. How, did it, how did it come to this? Yeah, <laughs> essentially, I I love. Uh, thank you for sharing a lot of uh, of different stuff there because that's uh the, that's really cool to to kind of hear about and um some some of what you describe is really interesting because it's very similar to what I felt just from a different angle because like my my disc profile is definitely um S and C <laughs> um it's like yeah. more more and 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 those are areas that are typically seen as kind of quieter, you know, like a yeah. little bit more subdued. Um, and for the longest time, I thought that that meant that I was incapable of being, you know, a leader or anything like that. And what, what you kind of kind of learn is that it's you just more, lead differently. There, there's a different, there's yeah. a different leadership style that, that is used there. And, uh, and I was reading this book that came out a couple of, no, I'm sorry. It came out like two or three years ago. I was reading it a couple of weeks ago about like this idea of like, I really like the way that they described it. It's called, um, and I, I looked it up just real quick to to grab it so that I wouldn't accidentally say anything wrong, but it's called The Six Types of Working Genius. And it's this idea that on a team, regardless of whether you're a leader or whether you're, you know, I don't know, an employee or, or whatever it looks like, you know, everybody kind of starts slotting into a team in a different way. And it touches on the stuff that you said 
um, perfectly because the idea is is that people nobody is capable of being all six different types of genius. Yeah. Instead, you kind of have to embrace your genius, and then you have to surround yourselves with a team that's going to you know kind of have the others. I'm going to read them off for you real quick, and and I have a thought on which one. You really embody really, really well, but I wonder if it's the same. All six. Yeah, all six. Yeah, that's. it's funny. They have a <laughs> chapter about what do you do when someone says they have all six? <laughs> it's basically like this fire, step step fire them yeah. questionnaire of asking them like these 18 questions yeah. to get, convince them. No, you no, don't have the, all six. I but, know. Most of the time, I think it's easier to pinpoint which one is not you? <laughs> Actually, me too. Me too. Here we go. Let me read them for you real quick. So the first genius is called wonder. And this is the ability to ask questions that challenge the status quo and open up new possibilities. The next one is called invention. That's the ability to create original and novel ideas that have practical applications. The third one is discernment, evaluating ideas, separating good from bad. The next one's called galvanizing. And that's the ability to rally people around the cause and kind of inspire them to take action. And then there's enablement, which is about providing resources and support that people need to get the job done. And then there's tenacity, which is the ability to see things through to completion, overcome obstacles, that kind of stuff. What was and the third one? The third one was discernment. So it was wonder, invention, discernment, galvanizing, enablement, and tenacity. And I've I've I always think thought I'm only two. You're only two. That's <laughs> what they say is that people are generally only two. They have two others that they can do, yeah. and then they have two others that are they weakness. really are. They really can't is do it, very well. Is it intentional that it, it almost seemed like the the two go with each other? Like the first two are kind of in the same, same boat. The second two are kind of in the same I kinda, realm. Okay. I think the idea is that it's supposed to be like kind of this 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 gradual progression through the stages of a project or something like that but i i thought the same thing especially about wonder and invention because i can see that happening like simultaneously almost that's right? that's what that's what jumped off the page for me i think so too yeah you know um i i always have appreciated it about you whenever we talk about things relating to church or something like that it's just like what do we need to do here um can we do this you know yeah. uh, what's what's possible there um, I, I would like to think that I, I get a little when, once we kind of get more into uh, discernment or about like maybe maybe enablement, you know, just kind of trying to figure out like, OK, how can we do this? What's what's feasible and not? Uh, I, I anyway, I would like to think that that's that's kind of where I feel a little bit more comfortable I, there. I feel good about I feel good about tenacity. I feel pretty. I, I feel like I've had to learn how to galvanize. Mm -hmm. I don't know that that's my strength, but I th I would say that I'm learning to do it better. I think that's the one where you were talking about, like, you know, the right way to do that yeah. is so difficult because it can, if you're not careful, you can accidentally lean into the, you know, the micromanaging thing. And it's yeah. kind of like, we got to do this, guys. And it's like, but you're not doing it very well. You need to do it more <laughs> like this. And um, there's a dark side, I think, probably to all I just, of these, right? And, and I think that, one of my biggest issues is that I refuse to micromanage. And I think that, that there's a way to micromanage or or maybe maybe good leadership knows when to micromanage and when not to and how to set up a system of micromanaging that works its way out of micromanagement. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know that I'm real great at like that. Like I just, I'm kind of like, 
you've been hired for this reason. Yeah. It, you need to figure it. it out. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is not, it is not my job to help you figure this out. But at the same time, it kind of is. It kind of is. And, uh, you know, and the book that I read, it, it's kind of an interesting book because it kind of presents it in a very it's like it, it does it with this weird kind of like almost kind of fable like thing like it's this hypothetical business and they you know it's this guy that's very capable he started his own business but he's so focused on having to do things that are not in his genius that it's like draining him of his energy and making him less productive in the things that he should be doing yeah and so it's like it's like so many of the other things that we talk about it's a balancing act right you know it's like we all have to do things that we don't want to do and like for me um you know invention and wonder are the things that are sometimes a little bit more challenging for me because I'm, I'm the type of guy where it's like you've given me a structure and I can iterate on it I can improve it I can revise it you know I'm an editor that's what I do is that yeah. I, I'm good when I have something and I can kind of like slowly slightly improve it and in, in you know hopefully useful ways it grows over time but like creating something out of whole cloth is very difficult for me a lot of times and so like maybe we should write a book I would love that. <laughs> it would be a lot of fun. Um, but I, I mean, seriously though, it, it, thinking about this and my giftedness and your giftedness, it, it's not really that shocking to see why we work well together. Yeah, I think so. Um, because I feel like in all of these things, I mean, we, we're not the same at all because the the detail crap, <laughs> yes. that is not my shtick, man. It's just not like I'm just and it's not that I can't do it. It's not that I'm not good at it. I don't want to do yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like to do it. And it drains me. And I, I wish that people understood that. Like even with the, the example that I would use is like, uh, oh, my mind is not working. But, oh, by the way, I did think of assumption of knowledge is the. Oh, OK. When yeah. you when you have an assumption. You that assume somebody, everybody yeah, already knows the same the, thing. This, yeah. yeah, knows the same things you do. But no, introvert and extrovert. Like, yeah, right, right, right. I, I, I cannot stand people talking about these two things because I can't tell you how many times I hear, well, I, I think I'm introverted, but I, I'm not bad with people. I'm like, that's not what that means. No, 100%. <laughs> and I think uh, if I could be so bold as to say, I think I might be living proof of that, you yeah. know, because it's uh, I've always considered myself In introverted. your own opinion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it sounds, I don't mean to be bragging about it or anything. No, I don't even think of it as no, bragging, no, I, obviously. I know what you're saying. <laughs> because it's just like, it's one of those things where I would have never thought that I would be the type of person that has to talk to other people on a daily basis the way that I do, you know, at my job or, or at church for that matter or anything yeah. like that it's just you know it's a it's a separate set of skills from the the idea of what you know kind of gives you energy or kind of drains you of energy because i'm definitely the type of person where it's like i can do it and i think i can do it pretty well to a certain point and then i just kind of need to take you know one of, one of the things that i think is cool and i'm i'm gonna take your role here for a second and, Please. and uh assume arrogance but because I, I think that what i'm gonna say potentially feels arrogant but it's not intended in any such way and you you can correct me with I'll bash if, you if, if I'm wrong need but be. yeah if if need be bash away <laughs> <laughs> but i listening to you preach for me a couple weeks ago on forgiveness and it was awesome and i was really really encouraged listening to you whether it be intentional or not I felt like there was a lot of things that I do mm -hmm, that I, mm -hmm. I learned to do that you picked up 
either yeah. from conversations or listening to me. And I just thought it was so cool because we are so different mm-hmm. in the way we operate and the way we think and you know all that stuff, uh, things that we're good at and whatnot. But I really felt like what I what I experienced was if you understand and know how to structure a message mm-hmm. and you take the time to think it through and add a little bit of yourself and you know process it and and formulate everything under this this umbrella and anybody can not everybody's nobody not everybody's going to do it all the same way but it was encouraging to me cuz it was like man this method can be taught mm-hmm. to other people now i don't think that everybody can do what you did and and pick it up naturally but part of that is because it preaching is not so different from teaching that mm-hmm. it's it's not like you don't do some of those things every day and what you do in your your <laughs> your profession. Yeah, I think that's true too. But even even with that, it just is so neat to me to to see somebody pick up on things and say, "Oh, if I if I add these elements to what I do, it makes the flow so yeah. much so yeah. much better." And it just it just gets me fired up about you know potentially just helping helping other people because it's it's not it's just I I think with all things like and and allow me to 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 bring it back to teamwork yeah. I I think that it it is all I mean regardless of whether or not you want it to be being a Christian is about being a part of a team yeah oh one hundred percent that's a great way to put it yes and and learning to to me. I mean, that that's a beautiful scripture that talks about the church represented as a body. Mm-hmm. And each part is a different person. And there's people that are hands, there's people that are feet, there's people that are noses, people that are ears. Now, those jobs and what they do is not necessarily related to that specific body part. Uh, that's kind of silly. <laughs> but what Paul, I think, is doing in that scripture is trying to give us this idea that we're not all going to do the same thing. Yeah. We're not yeah. all gifted in the same ways. And how important it is to figure out what your your part is, and yeah. whether or not it's uh, a big part, whether or not it's a public part, whether whether it's standing up on stage, whether it's in the the sound booth. Mm-hmm. I mean, the sound booth guys are heroes, man. Absolutely. You know, people don't realize all all of what they do, or whether or not it's g- greeting. Dude, it's so funny to me, and and, and shout out to your wife uh, for for helping me out for for such a long time and, and and making this happen with our with our greeting team but i don't i don't think people understand how important a smile and a hello is yes when you're coming in it sets the tone yeah if yeah. you come in and nobody says hi nobody smiles at you nobody does any of that thing yeah i mean you you potentially shut somebody down to where yeah. they can't hear the gospel so it's easy to look at will and go Oh man, Will delivered such a great message today. But if the the greeters aren't doing their job, then it it doesn't allow me to do my job. Yeah, that's true. It's true because it it kind of uh, I don't know ruins the 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 vibe, right? You know, that's kind of a weird way to put it. But it's like one of those things where it just kind of creates this yeah. kind of dark pit. It's funny because uh, we had uh, a youth Sunday a couple of a uh, couple of weeks ago, about a yeah. month ago now, I guess. And uh, Tara was sick, unfortunately, that day. So I was I was kind of like doing some of the the leading of the greeting team that day, and uh, and we were going to have a bunch of the youth that were going to help us out with that. And I got them all together, and I basically said. 
it doesn't really matter what you do. But as people are coming up to you, just smile. Yeah. <laughs> just smile and 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 wave if you want to wave. Reach out and shake their hand if you want to shake their hand. But just be smile, and you are going to make their day. You yeah. know, it is it is just that little stuff that is so important. Yeah. Um, and I don't really remember how I got here exactly, but just this idea about like these little things, we, we sometimes we sometimes dismiss them. And I think that probably goes for working in teams, too, where sometimes we can think like, oh, well, if I'm not, you know, if I'm not the guy that's like chairing the meeting or something like that, then, then what am I even doing there or anything well, like that? Well, I mean, this may be silly, but for me to try to put it in your context, but, you know, if you have a, a, a team assignment or a group work assignment and you have somebody that's the presenter, well... They can rock it out, yeah. But without the researcher that did yeah, the, yeah, yeah. did the work of getting the information to you know specifically, you know, help the presenter. I mean, it, it just it all falls apart. Yeah, I was on a team project once. It was for a marketing class, and this is the only class that's ever done this. But they said you are on a team. And I don't care how you divide up the work. Some people can do the presentation. Some people can do the report. You guys can all do everything. Um, and it was me and a couple of other people that were like, we'll take care of the report, you know, <laughs> and it's yeah. like and and I was I was just so relieved to be able to just pour myself into something that I felt so much more confident in. Now, there are certain things where you have to stretch yourself and that's probably good for you to go do something that you're not 100 percent comfortable with. So as an educator, you know, you kind of have to find that balance between stretching someone and just yeah. kind of being like, oh, you know, just keep doing more of what you're doing. That's not really education at a certain point. Yeah. Um, and there are also a bunch of boring school reasons why I can't necessarily do that for every group project that I would like yeah. to do. You know, it's like, <laughs> they're like statewide outcome. Yada, yada. I won't yeah. get into it. But it's it's a really interesting thing to think about. It's like, you know, the more that we think about like what we contribute to a team, I think the better. You you mentioned the the, the passage from, from Paul that he says, and I just think the way that he mentions it is so funny too, because he even kind of brings up the idea that it'd be pretty ridiculous for, you know, the fingers to try and smell or for, you know, yeah. the eyes to try yeah. and hear, you know, we all agree that that's, ridiculous right but we just have a lot of trouble sometimes and maybe maybe not maybe i'm just speaking for myself we all have a little bit of trouble seeing all those parts as being equal yeah um and important so valuable well and i i, w I would push back on the sense that they're not equal but yeah that doesn't mean they're not as valuable like yes that certain yeah. parts might you know be maybe more yeah yeah but the the importance level is not different. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. because those those little pieces may it may not be the same amount of work, but it's the same level of importance, I guess yeah. is what I'm trying to say. No, that's fine. That's fine. And and when I say equal, I mean more like equal in the sense that, you know, necessary or needed yeah, 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 in yeah. some way. Um, you know, like the example of like the 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 message is is obviously you know requires a lot of work and a very different kind of preparation and more preparation or anything like that. But obviously the sound team needs to do their thing or else yeah. it doesn't go out anywhere, yeah. right? You know, so, nobody can hear um, it. <laughs> if they don't turn the microphone on. Yeah. Only the first two rows can hear anything. And I'll love it. That'll be great. Yeah. I'm, I'll be right there. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, it's a it's a fun thing. And I, I've thought about that a lot very intentionally. You know, it's like you said, sometimes you don't get to choose your team. And, you know, I came into a department where, I mean, well, when I first came into the department, I was I was by far the youngest member of the, the department, everything like that. And I'm, I'm just trying to soak everything up like a sponge. And, you know, you move into a position where you get to kind of like lead a team a little bit more. And now I have 
the ability to some degree, not always, nobody always has the ability to choose their team, but you know, to some degree you get to kind of pick like, okay, I need somebody like this. That's going to like, if my thing is being able to discern or being able to kind of like, you know, better pick out like what ideas we can actually do or something. I need somebody firing ideas at me because that's the thing that makes me really nervous. And I don't feel like I do the best job. I think the hard part about our context right now is that we, we are not, allowed or don't have the privilege to be as thoughtful because too often we're just trying to put somebody we're so desperate we're so desperate to fill a position that we can't think who's the best person for this this role it's like and it happens in the church too yeah 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 yeah. sometimes we got the wrong people in the wrong role simply because we don't have anybody else that's willing to do it and and that's not i mean that's not an indictment on our church it's an indictment on the Church of America, and and most, um, I was gonna say most most businesses or most uh, oh yeah uh, areas of work. You know, there are just too many times where we don't have a better option, but we have this person that we can move into this role, and maybe that's not really the best thing for them or yeah. for the the company. It just yeah just kind of happens that way. Sometimes it's convenient, or there's no other better option, uh, or it feels like it at least. Yeah, um, that happens at my university quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> no. B- I mean, but at the same time, what what do you do about it? Yeah. If there's yeah. not if there's not bodies to choose from, it's I mean, I mean it's just that's just a hard this is a hard thing to do. Um, so you talked about there being two parts to this question. Yeah, my second part, um, and we can touch on it briefly because we've already started talking about it a little bit. It's just like, what do you do? You know, what are you looking for in a team? You know, what are you looking for in terms of, you know, the the types of people that will uh, make a good team and, and, you know, maybe grow together where you guys can, can yeah. be productive and execute really we, well? We haven't really talked about this yet, so I'll spin it this way and, and we'll see where, where you take it. But I think that probably the big shift, and I don't know if Simon Sinek is responsible for this mm-hmm. <laughs> or not, or at least at least at at some level he's responsible for this I think is that it used to be that you wanted to hire people with the highest IQ yeah and now people are looking for the highest EQ mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so uh for those of you and the only reason I and I don't know this cuz I'm smart I just know this cuz I've worked in this you know and had to think about these things but IQ is just intelligent quotient and mm-hmm. Uh, EQ is emotional. So, you know, brain smarts versus people smarts, really, I mean, yeah, is, yeah. is the heart of the thing. And, and so it's interesting to me to think about it. I would rather have somebody who can't do the job super well, but is really good with people yeah. versus somebody and, and easy to work with mm-hmm. versus somebody who's perfect at the job, but a pain in the rear end to deal with. Yeah. Because it it what it creates in a workplace environment as far as just having just you know relational nightmare yeah um, you know versus somebody who you know because I, I it's easier for us to work together as a team if we have relationship and and I'll I'll say this before I turn it over to mm-hmm. you my boss told me that he he learned this too late and that he just got into a, a stage of his career where he said, I'm never going to hire somebody that I would avoid on my day off. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. so like to me, maybe that seems selfish, but at the same time, like, do you really want 
to be with people and work with them as a team. Right. If you can't stand to be around them and, and arguably they maybe can't stand <laughs> to be around you. It's, it's yeah. not necessarily a one way street there. I'm not saying that, you know, yeah, people true. can't, you know, if you can't get along with me, then you're out of here. Like there's people that, you know, don't like me either. I'm sure, I'm sure. But if there's not some type of bond there where you, mm-hmm. you work well together and or part and part of working well together is like some type of relational equity. Yeah. Okay. There's a, uh, I guess it can be called a lot of different things. You know, it used to be called corporate culture. Now we call it organizational culture or whatever it might be because it's not always just about corporations. But there's this this idea, and I tell my students this all the time when I teach them in classes like uh, business communications or technical writing or something, around the time that we're talking about making job applications and stuff like that, there's always a series of steps that goes in a job interview. And the first step is like, can the person do the job, Right. Obviously, that's the bare minimum. But then by the time that you're getting to something, (laughs) the the, the bare minimum, can they do the job? (laughs) Right. Sorry. You all right there? No, I I listened to our podcast uh, the other day and I I, every time I I hear that quote that you gave from that kid, sometimes it be what it be. Yeah. And anytime I think of. I don't know why. That's why I thought of when you're like, can, can you do the job? Can you do the can job? You, can you pass the class? It's uh, my brother gave a good uh, gave a good second read on that. Instead of saying to be or not to be, he said, he said, no, no, no. It should be um, sometimes it d that d, and that's what's happened here, <laughs> <laughs> which was I thought was a really good line. Um, but so yeah, of course, right. So people are first doing a a, a review of you as a person because it's like okay, we want to see if this person can actually do what they're expected to do. Yeah. But by the time you're getting to an interview, whether it's on the phone or whether especially by the time that they're like in person or something like that, they don't people don't really care about that. Sometimes there are questions about that, but a lot of times it's vibes, you Mm. know, it's like, how long are we, or sorry, how well are we going to get along with this person? And that is where you want to make sure. And I tell my students this, it's like, just don't be a jerk. You know, it's like, be, be your authentic self as much as possible because you can't fake that in a job interview. I mean, you can fake it, but don't fake it because you'll be found out right away. And then there'll be, you know, it will not go well for you in the long run. You know, you want to be yourself, a more professional version of yourself sometimes, but you need to be yourself because yeah. people need to see who you are and you need to see who they are too, right? Sometimes, to your point, sometimes a job interview is thought of as a very one-way proposition, but really you have to think of it in, in those terms too. You ask the questions, you try and figure out what's it like on this this team and this yeah. in this this company and this organization and am I going to do well with that? And, and it can be hard sometimes because you're you're looking at a job and having a roof over your head versus not, but you also have to ask yourself, am I going to be happy here? And, you know, this kind of goes back to what you were saying with this. It's like, you kind of have to do this in a way that maybe we didn't care about it as much in the past, but you have to just because otherwise it creates such a, such a division, such a hardship, such a, such a, such a pall, so to speak over the entire organization that it will cause work to suffer it'll cause productivity to suffer you know i mean we've both been in situations where we've seen that happen you know at at our our respective jobs where it's just kind of like man i kind of i don't i'm not looking forward to going to work today because i don't want to deal with this person (laughs) like and and, uh, i mean the the phrase that you know people 
put out there all the time is it's like walking on eggshells. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's not necessarily that I don't want to be around this person. I can't stand this person. Usually, sometimes that's just it is what it is, but I think that there's a lot of people that's like, I don't know what version of this person I'm going to get. Yeah. Are they going to be upset with me? Are they going to be frustrated? How are they going to react to what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, are they going to create problems today? Am I going to have to deal with something? Because, you know, and, and yeah. that ramps it up. I have a question for you that I think is interesting. You know, both of us have to do hiring. And mm-hmm. at, at what level do you personally kind of like or what percentage of uh listen uh, of listening do you do to your gut that's a great question um and i would have told you a very different answer you know two years ago um but i i I don't know exactly how to put a percentage on it, but we'll say, um, we'll say I listen to my gut a lot more than I used to. Yeah. You know, it was something where we, we, you know, at, 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 at anonymous university, uh, there's this, uh, <laughs> we have, we have a lot of, a lot of processes, a lot of systems that are put into place. You evaluate them based on their credentials, their experience, yada, yada. They do, they come in, they do a teaching demonstration. You know, there's all this kind of stuff. You can, you can literally check off all the boxes, but We've been in a situation in the past where someone checked off all the boxes and the boss at the time, I wasn't the boss at the time, but I've talked to her about it plenty of times since then, where it was like, I cannot think of a reason not to hire this person. I don't really like them. We ended up hiring them and we regretted it tremendously. And now, you know, we kind of like couch it in these terms. And I've talked with a lot of my my fellow chairs at the university where it's just kind of like you can't necessarily put a... um, put a put a word on it i mean i think you and i we would kind of call it like trust as much as anything else but we just call it red flags you know it's like there's just something about this this, that is bringing up a red flag to me and i'm i'm fortunate enough and i that my my supervisor will listen to me when i say that and i'll say like i just we can't this this is not i'm getting such a bad feeling from this this is it and i would not have felt that until you know having a couple of those bad experiences but it's really yeah man yeah what about you is your gut something that you kind of Yeah, I think it's easier to listen to your gut on nose. Uh like you're going to get in less trouble. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I try not to give my gut like full like sway on yeses. Yeah. If if that makes sense. That's a sense. good point. That's a good point. Because you can get suckered yeah. pretty easily with a with a yes. You just kind of swept up in someone who gives like a really good interview or something like that. It's like, yeah. man, I gotta have him on my team or something like that. Yeah. And then you know the 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 shine kind of fades away in a couple of days, and you're like, oh no, <laughs> what have I done? Yeah, no, that's a good point. Those are hard. Those are hard situations. But yeah, I I, I just rarely and. And I, I say that because I say I'd probably gotten myself in trouble a couple times, um, not necessarily here, but in other places where I was like, "Oh, I got a great, I got a great feeling about this." Mm-hmm. Uh, worship leader I brought up, and I love him to death. He's still one of my great friends. But yeah, he should not have been in the role. Just not. The right, <laughs> it just wasn't. Yeah. It just wasn't the right role for him. And and I think that. Yeah, I mean, it, there was a lot of reasons that it wasn't necessarily his fault, but goes back to it just didn't work being out. desperate. Yeah, you know, and just feeling oh, like this is gonna work out great. But I just think as far as like 
when I get a bad feeling about somebody, I'm rarely wrong. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So I just, it ain't worth the risk for me, you know? Yeah, right. And I don't mind giving people the benefit of a doubt in, in an interview, you know? Like if I get a bad feeling, I'll, I'll you know, I'll give them second chances. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, because I know that somebody, somebody can have a bad day. Somebody could have a, you know, something going on and- you know, but there's just sometimes people say s- stuff a certain way. You know, I interviewed a guy that just on the phone that just could not stop talking about himself. And it's just like, dude, I'm so, I, I, I do, I never want to talk to you again. Yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> like, so and that's just like what your what your your uh, former you know boss uh, mentor would would have said. It's yeah, like, I, I I would not be able to hang out with you. No, you know? no. And you know we we did an interview uh, together on on Zoom, and the the guy I don't know if he ever made eye contact. Yeah, yeah. And that's just, it's just sometimes it's just like okay this, yeah. This, I'm not. I'm not feeling. And it wasn't. It wasn't necessarily that any of the answers were bad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wasn't necessarily anything that was on paper. It was just simply your. And, and I. And I. You got to give grace when you're not in the same room with somebody because it is different. Yeah, this but, is true. But the younger generation's got no excuses for not being able to to make a little bit more connection online. You know what I'm saying? Like I, yes. I would have been more grace filled. Somebody older that it's and, and it's challenging, too, when you know that a part of the job that you're looking to them for is to yeah. be someone that is going to communicate. Right. And you're not seeing evidence of that. And sure, Zoom Zoom makes things challenging that yeah. way. But I experienced the same thing in, in a round of interviews over summer where it was like there was somebody and we've already talked about this, the idea of talking about things in these kind of like abstract, you know, almost mystical terms. It's like, just didn't sparkle or something like that. It sounds, sparkle. it sounds silly, right? Obviously. That's why we're, we're chuckling about it. You just have no sparkle. It's like, I'm just, I'm just not, I'm just not feeling it, you know? Uh, but, but it is something where it is kind of a real thing too. You know, you kind of have to get a good feeling about someone yeah. um, when when you're hiring them for for an important position. And and you know, both uh, the hires that we've had to make make that's what that's what we're trying to do. You know, I'm hiring someone that's going to teach you know five section you know ten sections over the course of a year and and guide you know hundreds of students in a given year towards their yeah. their English proficiency. And and if they have a bad experience, that can be the difference. English is one of those courses where if they're struggling in that class and they can't pass it they're gone you yeah. know so it's a huge retention issue we got to have good people in that role obviously you got to have good people in the church because you know yeah. you're, you're shepherding <laughs> them literally and their eternal salvation you know yeah. it's it's huge and yeah. so there's a lot of pressure to do that and 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 like you said it's just you know you gotta you gotta feel pretty good about it not not to say that it's got to be a hundred percent but you know you you got to take a chance some sometimes here and there too uh, you, you maybe, can't know everything you maybe think about this but i i think that what you just said is part of the reason why I'm way more concerned about somebody that has a bad experience here and doesn't go back to church. Yeah. If, if you have a bad experience and, and you go to another church, whatever. At least you're, yeah. You're, you're still pursuing, you yeah, know, you're ho- still following God. You know, hopefully that that, that church is going to be a better fit for you. And, you know, obviously we don't want to lose anybody. Yeah. But at the same time, like, 
I, I hope to see you in heaven. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like the kingdom still got you, hopefully. But yeah, when, when you just aren't going to church anymore, that's that's when you're like, oh, man. Yeah. That, that just sucks. But. What do you think? You think we got time? Is it time for matters of faith? Why? Because faith matters. I think, I, I think so. Let's do it. I don't care how long it goes. <laughs> Good. We're not the ones listening. <laughs> Thank you for listening, by yeah. the way. <laughs> no, and, and I, truthfully, I think that people have the opportunity to to go through and just listen to the, the parts that they want to. Yeah. You know, so if you don't want to, if you don't care about teamwork, just go straight to Faith Matters. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yep. Yep. That's right. Here's That's a good. question, Matt. Uh, something that I just thought about today, I think that this is one of those questions that is kind of a pretty big faith question, something that we hear a lot from people that are non-believers about maybe part of the reason why they don't believe. Uh, and that is, why would God create a world where evil is possible? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one of the big ones, that's for sure. Um <laughs> Go ahead and fill us in, Matt, and help us out. All right. So here's what <laughs> happens. If you look at this passage in Leviticus, no, I'm bad. Yeah. Um, it, 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 obviously, it's such a it's such a huge question, and it's important to kind of like recognize that there is no like really pat answer. And if someone gives you a pat answer for this, you know, like one where it's kind of like not not about somebody named Pat, but obviously, you know, one of those answers that's like you know neat and able to answer yeah. it in like a sentence, like, well, you know, it's a fallen world. You know, follow moral. <laughs> so that was my answer. Thanks. Okay. Um, well, uh, I'm just kidding. I'm just then that's a really good answer, and you should believe them. <laughs> just kidding. But it's kind of like, okay, but how did how did the evil come about to make it a following world, and why would God let that yeah. happen? You know, yeah. and and some of that obviously is the type of stuff where it's like we're we're there's there's not really probably an answer that we can get to that's going to be satisfactory for everybody this no, side of heaven, no. right? You know, no. I mean, it's just not it's not possible. Possible. I do think there is something to be said about the fact that, and I mean, you did a very kind thing in letting me know um, kind of uh, a, a follow-up question to this. I don't want to step on it too much, but I do think it plays into it a little bit, is yeah. that we can't necessarily, get, one of the things that God made us to have is free will, right? You know, and, and, and being, and we have- Free Willy? Yes. One of the things that God made us to do was to make the movie Free Willy. Free Willy. And, <laughs> and it's the culmination of human achievement in 1995 or whenever that movie came out. It's all downhill from there, people. You can track it from that point. <laughs> um, That's funny. No, it's silly because this is such a such a crazy topic. It's kind of like one of those ones where it's easy to get- Well. To, I, to joke about it, yeah. I think save that, me. <laughs> no, I'm. To me, what you were trying to to explain is that faith is not a simple thing to understand. Yeah, right, right, right. And faith is one of those things that re has certain requirements. Otherwise, it's not faith. Yeah, yeah. And for us to think about this in a way where, like you said, there's an easy answer, it just, it just. It's not going to happen, but I do think that we can we can spend time reasoning and asking and, and thinking about it, and that that's okay. Yeah, I think that there's a lot of people that get really frustrated when you use something contrite, like you know, my God's you know so big that we just don't understand everything. Yeah, and sometimes yeah. that's like, well, that's a 
dumb thing to say. It's like, well, isn't that convenient? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but to me, that's where faith comes in, right? Yeah. Like understanding yeah. that I'm not God. Yeah. And so there's probably a perfectly good explanation for this. Uh, and it's and it's okay if I don't understand that. Yeah, I think I I think we talked about this or alluded to it on the pod, right? You know, it's like when you think about the story of Job, you know, he he kind of makes a lot of demands of God at the end, or, or not just at the end, but he's kind of like wondering, like God, why did you allow this to happen? And then God basically challenges him at the end of the book of Job, where he's kind of like, well. <laughs> Who are you? Yeah, it's like, I'm sorry, did you make the firmaments of the earth? I'm sorry, did you do all of these things? And you get to come in? But he also doesn't answer Job, (laughs) necessarily. And that's one of those things where it's very instructive to us. It's like, we can wonder these things, but at the end of the day. Well, I've read a great quote one time that talked about that sometimes uh, faith is not about discovering the answers, but sitting in the complexity of hard questions. Yeah. Yeah. And and kind of part of the reason why God doesn't give us the answer is so that we contemplate and do those things, but not not to the detriment of not having faith, yeah. because to, to me, it always comes back to that. The, what you alluded to, the, the question that I was going to ask was basically somewhere around like can freedom exist without the possibility of evil? And yeah. this whole thing came to me just thinking about. If you're created in the garden and that's that's where you live and you you cannot do anything not good. Yeah. Yeah. I almost Do you do you really have free will? Exactly. Is, do you really are you free? I almost wonder if it's important when we're thinking about something like this that for a moment to stop thinking in terms of like the terms good and evil necessarily, but just think about like what it means to be free, to have free will. It means that you can make unlimited choices, right? Any choice that is possible, you can If I can't do anything um, sinful, something that is, I guess we would say not good or evil or define it that way, even though we do, but you would say this is contrary to the character of God. Yeah. So I'm created in the image of God to be with God. And then God allowed basically the possibility of us choosing to do something out of the character of God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if there isn't that possibility, are we truly free? Right. And if we're not truly free, then, then what are we? Then what does, yes. What does the, um, act of doing the good yeah. thing actually signify, right? Like, what does it actually mean? What does it actually, I don't know. Yeah, what does it do? And, and I mean, to me, I, that, just thinking about not having the freedom to do that, even though, like, there's a part of me, obviously, that's like, please, Lord, take my freedom away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. You know, I would rather you just, I could only do good. I despise the things that I do. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, and, and I think that we are, we're all there, but to me, it takes away the beauty of the story of what it all is, that God would send his son and sacrifice him for us, even though we were still sinners, uh, even though we're, we're not perfect, even though we chose to, to, to do something different. That's a good point. Um, but it, to me, it's like God always had a plan. I have, I have a plan if it goes wrong, but I'm going to have faith. And to me, it comes back to this idea that God has faith in humanity. Yeah. I have faith that you're going to make the right choice. I have faith that you're going to do the right thing. Now, to me, that seems absolute stupidity. Yeah, it's like, 
I don't know I, that that's true, guys. Because I don't, I don't know that I have that faith. But, and I'm, I'm gonna touch on that a little bit in my sermon this week. Like, you know, part of what what Mary's deal is 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 not like there, there's this thing where she says, "Well, how how can this be?" And some people interpret that as a, a as a maybe a blip in her faith. I don't think it is. I think she's literally asking, "How is this possible?" Yep. You yep. say that sure. I'm gonna give birth. But I have not had sexual relations, yes. so how 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 is it how is this even possible? Yeah. Yeah. And I I would say that the proof is in verse thirty seven, where in her what's called the Magnificat, or I can't say that, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. Mag- Magnificat. I don't know, whatever. I think it, you're saying it. Yeah, who knows? Uh, verse thirty seven, she says everything is possible with God, mm-hmm. or, or something something similar to that. Nothing is impossible to to God. And to me, it, that comes back to understanding, oh, that's why God believes in me, mm-hmm. because he understands that whatever's task is given to me, not not good or evil, but being a part of his character and a part of his plan, it's yeah. possible because of him, not because of me. And so if he believes in me, why don't I? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's very powerful. I also just think about it, the idea of, boy, you, you kind of talking about that, about just how important it is, the free will, the choice. It just kind of brings me back to the idea about Jesus in the garden as he's thinking, you know, I mean, he's he's, he's kind of wrestling with the choice that he is going, you know, that, that is before him and, and praying to God, you know, if it's possible that this can be done, you know, then take it away. Great. Um, yeah. But. He makes that choice, you know, he and that makes it all the more meaningful and, and important, you know. But I, mean, I trust and, your plan. Yeah. Um, and uh, as always, it is that model that we follow. Yeah. It's like we don't always understand why, but we have to. But but how important is that choice to do good? Yeah. You know, it makes all the difference there. Yeah. Um, if, if Jesus were, you know, because he's also God, you know, just, just like whatever, like a robot or something like that, you know, would we understand that as much? I don't think so. Yeah. Right. You know, there's, there's something even more powerful about that than I sometimes give it credit for. Yeah. Um, I, and, and that was really just like, do, do I really, do I really, as much as the idea of being perfect and being in heaven and, you know, having no issues sounds great, no freedom I mean, it just is so suffocating. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, you really think that you want that, but you don't. What is life at that point? Yeah. Yeah, I can't imagine. And I think that that's part of, like, what heaven is. Our bodies have to die because our bodies will always be trapped. The flesh will always trap us Hmm. in its desire. And so it's almost like we our souls transcend our body mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that we are no longer, it's not that evil is no longer possible, but we no longer have the desire to evil because it, that desire is not in us anymore. The mm-hmm. spirit has won out and we have become one with the spirit forever. Yeah. Versus, you know, it's just a lot of interesting things to think about. That's great. And that's what we want to do. We want to get you thinking. Yeah, and I love it, especially kind of getting into a big question of faith in the Faith Matters segment. It yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. Or Matters of Faith. Sorry. I did the same thing. I get, okay. it, I get it all turned around because I love that turn of phrase. Yeah. I don't think I'd said, yeah, man. Well. I just did. I'm glad you were able to get it in. That's great. <laughs> we are professional. Disaster. Thanks for, thanks for 
being around, folks. We love you. Have a great week, everybody. Peace. <laughs>